press play on but just in case this is not playing with lex and dan he's dan he's lex and how do you press play on something if it's not playing lex i really need to unpack this <laughs> i have to say i appreciate the branding that shows up in like the apple music app i think it is when you're not playing anything and it says not <laughs> yes, playing i think about that every single time every single time i laugh at that it's great uh, but this, of course, is the podcast where we watch movies that one or both of us hasn't seen, but that most of the rest of the world has. And this time, we are watching a film that I've seen multiple times. I think I've probably seen it three times already, but that Dan has seen a grand total of zero, which is That's one correct. less than the number in the title, Ooh. Air Force One. I was told there would be no math. I was thinking before we started recording, Dan, that uh, one difficult thing for the folks who made this movie is they could never make a sequel because they couldn't call it Air Force Two. That wouldn't yeah. make any sense. And there's no other name that they could use. They call it Air Force Two. It's about the vice president likes playing <laughs> getting. <laughs> That's a thing. Air is an Air Force Two. It's oh, fair. I know. But once you've seen the president movie, you're not going to see the vice president movie. That's, that's they just, would have to work to fun. make it compelling. I think that would be an uphill climb. <laughs> it would have to be a really good vice president. Like it couldn't be a Dan Quayle. Oh, no, president. no. Well, what if like the president was already taken out and then the vice president, who is now the acting oh. president, talk to me about that. Hollywood, are you listening? You can reach us at notplaying at notplaying dot notplaying. So, Dan, what do you know about Air Force One? Well, I can tell you this. The movie, not the plane. <laughs> well, it's a 747. I can tell you Harrison Ford is in it. And I can tell you that I believe the bad guy is played by Gary Oldman. And I can tell you because I saw the thumbnail on Netflix right before we, we started to play that William H. Macy's apparently in this. I did not know that before. This came out in what, 1997? It is a 1997 film. Okay. That's right. Do you know who plays the vice president in this movie? I don't. Okay, cool. Okay. And I I know that... Ooh, let me think for a second. I'm trying to remember who directed this movie. It's a it's a known one. My brain is saying like, <laughs> no, that can't be right, is it? My brain is saying Wolfgang Peterson. That's correct. Your brain is right. Oh man, how does my brain remember these things that I honestly have no conscious memory of learning? Yeah, uh, well, I know the the general plot is like his he's like his plane gets hijacked, right? They are, the president's plane gets hijacked, yeah. and I know the scene at the end where he kicks him off the plane and says, "Get off my plane." <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, I'm sorry. I hope everybody listening to this has seen it. It's also, it, the movie was written by a guy named Andrew Marlowe, and I believe that you loved one of his shows, because he was the creator of Castle, and I have this memory that you oh, liked the show Castle. I did like Castle. I didn't realize yeah. he wrote this movie. Interesting. He did. Indeed, he did. Wow. That's cool. So you you, so you know a decent amount. Your brain even remembered Wolfgang was involved. How did I know that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I should be on more trivia shows is all I'm saying. I, I alluded last time when we were finishing an episode that my mom has a special name for this movie. Oh, yes. That's right. The President's Plane. Is that it? That's right. Yeah. That's right. She, Accurate. Uh, spoiler. But so, yeah, she, my mom loves this movie. She loves Harrison Ford, but she could never think of the name and calls it The President's Plane. And it's to the point now, and you know, she's been my mom for my entire life. But it's mm-hmm. been to the point now where she works really hard. She's like, okay, I'm going to get it right this time. That movie is actually called The President's Play. <laughs> like every time she cannot. And it's, yeah. So there you go. Wow. I, I hope she's listening. She does not listen to my work. But so you know that it's going to take place on uh, the president's plane. <laughs> you know that it involves bad guys on that plane. And you believe that you know. And because I've glanced back at the uh, pause screen on Netflix, I also know it's two hours, four minutes and rated R. <laughs> yeah yeah well i guess it's time to watch it dan oh okay well guess what lex we should tell the people out there 
how they can watch along with us and listen to us as we watch. That was a very convoluted way of saying that they can listen to our commentary track if they become members of The Incomparable. That's right. We have a watch-along podcast track that you can enjoy Air Force One while Dan and I talk about it. All you have to do is become a member of The Incomparable. That comes with all kinds of other perks, too. You get bootlegs, you get bonus episodes, you get other people's commentary tracks for other things, but it includes every not-playing commentary track we've ever recorded, if memory serves. Which is, which is a lot by this point. <laughs> we've been doing this show for a long time. Yeah, It's worth checking out. And, and Dan, what do you have to do to check out Incomparable membership? It could not be easier. You go to theincomparable.com slash members, you choose your membership plan, starting at just $5 a month, uh, you sign up and that's it that's literally it it could not be any easier like and once you do that you get all your feeds for your bonus content you get to join the incomparable member slack you're already done i i swear it probably takes you less than five minutes to do this and it's worth it because boy did we have a lot to say when we watched the movie <laughs> see that's me <laughs> predicting because we are only about to watch the movie we record in order but through the magic of podcasting <laughs> that's right Dan, I have some wonderful news for you. Oh, is there no post-credit scene? You are no longer burdened with the reality of never having seen Air Force One. Oh, thank heavens. So what'd you think? It was, I will say this, I feel like utterly ridiculous, like not in a bad way necessarily, but like it just kept going, right? Like, you know, it's like, oh, no, no. You, you can see the meeting, right? You can see the pitch meeting where they're talking about it. It's like, all right, all right. But this, this, so they killed the terrorists. Like, everything's fine then, right? The movie's <laughs> over. No, no, no. The movie's not over. The plane runs out of fuel. The plane runs out of fuel. Oh, my God. What are we going to do? It's fine. They're going to be okay. We're going to bring another plane in, and then we're going <laughs> to send them across on a wire. Oh, no. Okay. So it gets crossed on the wire. The movie's... No, no. Because there's one bad guy left. And you're like, holy crap. How does this movie movie keep going yeah but it was entertaining it was entertaining i will not dispute that in the least harrison ford always watchable gary oldman has not made a movie he could not yell his way through <laughs> i also really i really dig gary oldman's accent i'm just gonna put that really out. okay yeah all i right. loved it all right i loved it it's it's not over the top but it's effective i guess i i just every time i picture him yelling have you seen the professional no oh okay all right that's a pretty good movie so that's uh jean renault and natalie portman in one of i think her first i think that's her first role she's very young mm. and gary oldman is the bad guy in that movie and there's a famous scene where they're like hey, who do you want us to get boss and he's like who do i want you to get good everybody but he like yells it really loud <laughs> he's got that gary oldman yelling face on yeah and you're like wow there's, okay there was a movie and we'll talk about this movie, we promise. But there was a movie uh, that Lauren and I were so amazed by the trailers for. Uh, I think it was called The Forgotten or something like that. But, like, Julianne Moore was the star. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Her, she wakes up one day and her kid is gone, like, mm -hmm. missing. And, mm -hmm. and like, she never existed and nobody will believe her. Ooh, <laughs> in the film, uh, it eventually has a uh, spoiler alert for that movie that nobody saw. It eventually has some kind of supernatural element and this crazy, like, creature i don't know if it's an alien or other otherworldly creature he screams at julian more to raise i want you to forget and it yells forget for so long and so loud and it sticks with me forever but anyway <laughs> back to air force one a movie like this could not have been made outside of the 90s is, is the way i feel about it like yeah i think that the the people who made the film actually feel similarly 
it, it is sort of the culmination of we were talking about during the during our commentary, which you can of course listen to if you're an Incomparable member about the similarities to Die Hard, obviously, right? And like Die Hard spawned a ton of different you know like spin like not spin-offs but like inspired all these other movies right like oh die hard was in a building you know die hard on a boat was like was it speed two yeah like speed <laughs> right. die hard on a bus this is die hard on the president's plane and instead of john mcclane it's the president and yeah it has that moment of like there's nowhere to go after that right when you've escalated from it's a cop and it's a strange wife in a building taken in by terrorists and now we're like oh we've done the one where he's on you know they're on a bus and, and we've done the one where they're on a boat or it's the president of the united states on air force one there is nowhere to go after that right like the only option is like if they did a version of the martian where matt damon was like captured <laughs> by terrorists or something <laughs> I, I appreciate that they do some some compelling storytelling to me in certain points. Like I actually you you kind of joked about it when they were doing a civics lesson with the, the mm-hmm. who was it the attorney general. But like there is a who's in charge back on right, ground right. thing at the White House, and I think that's clever because you know when you read about it, it it's it's art imitating life. I guess is what it is because there was those questions when Reagan was shot, and right, like right. it's frequently the problem because nobody's ever ready for when the president becomes incapacitated. Exactly. Yeah, we all became much more familiar with the Twenty Fifth Amendment in the last five years or so. <laughs> One of my favorites. Yeah, the the amendment, not the last five years. <laughs> I think that it has a lot of moments, and like, and this is exactly the kind of movie I saw so many of these types of movies in the 90s like i like i was a teenager i was going to movies like every weekend with my friends and i feel like i saw every movie that came out like around this era i don't know how i missed this one but like the rock and con air and all those things they're like the overtop action movies face off and this feels perfectly of a piece with all the things of that era although it does have like you said it has that like weird the president tie-in thing is very like this predates the west wing by what four years or so yeah, and so, like usually when you see a movie about the president, what you want to, uh, what you expect to see in large part is like the trappings of being the president, right. the important decisions, and all the 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 joys and and opulence of being president. And here he has a really really crappy day. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's, right. He's got very few perks. I like so I'm seeing as the credits scroll by, like they got a lot of help from like the military and everything. And I gotta yeah. wonder, it, like, so this was made while Clinton was still president. Like, how do you feel about like making a movie about it, Wally? Well, the story is that the director asked, "Hey, can I see Air Force One?" And they said, "No." And then Harrison Ford reaches out and says, "Hey, can we see Air Force One?" And they're like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> I believe that nobody says no to Harrison Ford. Well, no, I mean, not even the president. Well, but like uh, they say that Clinton loved this movie. I believe that too. For whatever it's worth, Trump said he loved this movie. Oh no. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but I mean, it's what you want in a president, right? I mean, there are times when I think he does make some poor decisions and, and we can talk about that a bit. But like I like that they establish he's a president with, you know, military training. So like there's a reason why he could potentially fight. It is interesting that like nobody else is ready to fight back for a while. Right, right. And I do feel like it's it's a weak choice to just have some of the bad guys be bad guys for the sake of it. Like, we understand why Gary Oldman is angry. Like, his plotline is weird, but, like, fine. that's He's got his thing that he's mad about. But why is why is the so other there, guy? I, like, apparently, I'm just looking at, happened to be looking at a Wikipedia page, and they mentioned that scenes explaining Agent Gibbs' motivation for being the mole were cut from the final script. According to the director, Gibbs was a former CIA agent who lost a lot after the end of the Cold War and thus became angry with the American government and wanted revenge. He knew the terrorists from his CIA days, and so they included him in their operation. The scene was considered too long to tell and was cut for the film. I think that's a perfectly fine choice. Honestly, I, I would not have wasted the time 
time on that. You would I would have put in a line somewhere, but like I would not put a <laughs> have put in like a big scene that seems ridiculous and, and ancillary to the plot. I'm on the Wikipedia page and I can't find this. I must find it. It's under the production section where they there also talk about taking the tour of the Air Force One and how the character of the press secretary they murder is based on the real tour guide. <laughs> Which is very uncomfortable, apparently. This also feels to me a little bit like a continuation. I asked during the commentary if you had seen uh, Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger, which are the Harrison Ford, Jack Ryan movies. And in the books, spoiler alert for the many Tom Clancy books, like Jack Ryan eventually becomes president. And so in some ways this feels a little bit, and like it's the same thing with him. Like he's like a Marine and that's explained sort of like, even though he's an analyst, that's why he's got like a, like a military background and is more of an action hero in some of the movies. But like this feels in some ways like maybe like you filed the serial numbers off like a Tom Clancy plot. <laughs> wow. Well, Dan, you and I commented while we were watching that, wow, they went to Russia to film and they super didn't. All the scenes from Russia. Oh, they, they, just rear projection or something? Yeah, well, they, they shot them in Ohio. <laughs> it looks a lot they like Russia. They did have a second unit capture scenes in, the Red, in Red Square in Moscow, but like no actors were there. All the mm-hmm. actors were in Ohio. I do think that it's not the first or last film to deal with a president having to make decisions that mix, you know, personal human needs with the need to also be like mm-hmm. the president and the vice president. Did that too. And you, so you did not approve when Vice President Glenn Close refused to add her signature to the uh, 25th Amendment. It's fine for like from a dramatic purpose, like in the, in the in the structure of the film. I totally understand it. It makes perfect sense in the way the film is structured, right? Like, obviously, we're going to let our hero do the hero thing and like everything's very idealistic i am not sure that that is the right call to make in like a real world scenario that was anything like <laughs> right, this that's granted, i meant you were yeah. questioning the real world decision yeah yeah and I, I i just don't know i don't know that that's the right call it feels it, it is a it's a trolley problem sort of thing i guess like do you yes what is what is the right answer there i don't know if there is one but i'm not sure that was it to me it doesn't feel like the trolley problem it feels to me more like and this and they talk about it even during the movie and it's it's probably the wrong standard although it's one that i think we especially we as americans use a lot which is like history is going to judge what you do here right and it's like I, I don't know what the right decision for the vice president because if the president is still around and he's you know doing a thing who are you to say without getting to talk to him or observe that he is not of you know sound mind as he makes this who are you to say that he does not have the right judgment now i think she had a reasonable case to say he can't he he's, is a he's, hostage he's compromised like, yeah absolutely. once you're a hostage it's over but like i don't know dan he was right in the end, so I think it was the right decision. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I do like Harrison Ford in this movie. It's, I am not, as you know, like uh, the Star Wars aficionado that you are, but I think that he is, he, he's not over the top in this movie at all in a way that I appreciate. Like, he seems like normal-ish president. Like, yes, I have a, a military background, I guess, but like, he just seems like a guy who is fighting like hell, and I appreciate that. I, I, I like the way he does well, it. Well, it's, it's the everyman thing. I mean, I think that's the reason that, you know... The everyman president. <laughs> yes. I think that there's a reason There's a reason why, for the same reasons, Bruce Willis' character works in Die Hard. That was sort of his big, you know, transition to being an action hero rather than being sort of a comic actor for Bruce Willis. And so, you know, he felt very much like He's just a guy, right? He gets beat up. He gets hurt. And the same thing happens in this one. Like Harrison Ford, you know, he's bleeding. He gets hit. He gets punched in the face several times, right? It's not like he's a smooth, charming action hero, like not a hair out of place in the entire thing, right? Like, and I I agree with you on that. I think he's good at it. He's good enough to seem competent, but also not to seem superheroic. Like a superhero is what I mean. And I think that's a good balance. And that's one of the things that Ford's good at. Like he's he's good at being the guy that you're like, oh, he's cool and I want to be him. But also not being like he's totally, you know, it's totally unfathomable that you could ever be him. (laughs) 
because <laughs> he's <laughs> fundamentally just a crouchy old man but yes yeah true. i uh i thought he was good there, as we said this is like a like a who's who of all these like character actors so like i mean you get people you know like william h macy but a uh, half a dozen uh you people know in william here. h macy I, yeah, just like i shop at his store all the time <laughs> there's so many people that we recognize from like other random yeah. tv shows and movies just in the background like it feels like very much you know oh it's that guy <laughs> you're right no it is, it is there's there's a lot of cool actors and a lot of i think you know decent performances like it's it is difficult to watch when you know I'll, there's a lot of death in this movie I oh think yeah the death count is in the is in the 50s i was surprised at how many people died in this movie a lot of innocent people and in some bad ways too right like you yeah. know, people like falling off with no parachutes people getting shot the thing catches fire at one point like there's a lot right. there's a lot people getting shot because the president chooses not to surrender which was the right right move, oh yeah like, that was difficult. oh man but yeah it's brutal and like we get some loose ends that never get tied up right like does jerky guy who decides to take the shot for the president survive i would assume no like that <laughs> looks pretty bad point, yeah he's had no medical treatment is first daughter traumatized forever seemingly she was fine on the plane like hugging dad and telling him what a great job he was doing well it, it literally finishes the last moment was that salute right like it's not this is not a film that's interested in asking the heart hard questions about what happens to these people afterwards and again that's why it's like a 90s action movie right like it's like the consequences man we're not gonna worry about those i was reading an interesting fact but at no point in this movie do you see harrison ford step foot on american soil so it's as the president interesting never see they also do not mention anywhere as i noticed what party he is in the novelization he's a republican really that's fascinating Love it. Yeah. Novelizations. That's great. I love novelizations. Yeah. Novelizations to me are the strangest thing in the world. It's like, what is the market for a novelization? It's like people who are too lazy to watch a movie, but want to read a book that was adapted have, from that movie. Almost never read novelizations. I did once read one for My Cousin Vinny. Oh. I can't tell you exactly why I did. My Cousin Vinny is my favorite movie. But I read the novelization, I think because I had read that there was a second book. And I was like, well, I should read the first one <laughs> so I can understand <laughs> the second one. And the first one I hated so much. I was like, I shouldn't read the second one. And then I read the second one. <laughs> so novelizations wow. are bad. Is, is that like, like my second cousin Vinny or something? <laughs> <laughs> my cousin or Vinny. Also, the novelization details in the Wikipedia are, are hilarious how much like literally... They talk about like the opposition from the Speaker of the House who has a name. <laughs> it's like, why? This is not important. I have a novelization of the movie Hudson Hawk, which I made you watch, which I have never read, but I have it. That's good. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I always think that's one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Uh, I like the uh, I like the score. It's pretty good. We talked about Jerry Goldsmith after yeah. uh, Randy Newman was basically fired. And he had to do it in 12 days. Yep. And he said he would never do a backup soundtrack ever again <laughs> and he had uh, joel mcneely helped him out and i know joel mcneely from uh he's written a couple others he did a star wars score too once anyways cool it's nice i like it the only thing that to me really doesn't hold up besides like the fact that the storyline is ridiculous the, but the, spe- the special effects the, the effects are really terrible like really bad i can imagine watching this in the theater in 1997 and thinking it was amazing that's the thing yeah. it's like <laughs> it's, and that's it, it really does amaze me how effects can age because it's still the same effect and it's really just like what our eyes and brains can process as looking real enough and it, it's amazing to me that it changes because like the original jurassic park does not really look good anymore but it, it looked so good at the time and here when the plane crashes in the water it it looks like a parody meme video like it just <laughs> it's so bad it's so bad 
Yeah, there are things I have a lot of fun. Like, you know, I know the original Star Wars special effects are not always great, but I have a lot of fondness for them. And I think they get better as they go. And there's some really great stuff in, like, Return of the Jedi has some pretty amazing special effects for 1983. But, I just thought it was weird that as the plane hit the water, you saw a shot of Yoda going, Crash, now it does! And I thought that was not necessary for the It was a little out of place. It was right behind Mm -hmm. Xander Berkeley screaming, No! Uh, well, I'm really looking forward to watching the sequel, Air Force Two. Uh, I hope, I hope that, that nope, not a thing. Do you think that uh, Harrison Ford would do another one of these? I, you know, it's funny. I was thinking, do you think Harrison Ford resigns the presidency? <laughs> like, I think mm. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. That was too much. Have a good one. Glenn Close seems Bye. very competent. Let's let's have her take over. Yeah. Glenn Close pretty good in this movie. I want to say I, I actually I liked her quite a bit. She doesn't get a lot to do, but I feel like what she does, she's very effective at. And when you read about this, this and this is a fact that I've remembered about this movie for years. But when she originally, you know, the script had a moment where she broke down in tears. She's like, "No, like this is the first female vice president in this movie's, you know, world in this movie's universe. She's not going to be weak. She's in like, she's like, I can have tears in my eyes, but like, I'm not going to break down crying." And they they listened. But no, she seems cool. It does seem that uh, President Harrison Ford is really terrible at hiring staff around him, though, because he's got that jerky <laughs> Secretary of Defense. He's got the criminally traitorous, whatever that guy was, Secret Service agent. Oh yeah, something? yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, maybe maybe do some more vetting next time. I thought there was going to be more people in on it, too. Like, it was like, oh, how far up does this go? Was it secretly engineered by the Secretary of Defense to seize more power and invade Kazakhstan because he wanted to change the policy? But no, it doesn't quite aspire to that. Dan was really hoping at one point the president goes, wait a second, I'm in on this. <laughs> I was the one who hired you all along. <laughs> It was my idea. I also just want to note the apropos of nothing. The novelization was written by Max Allen Collins. I'm familiar with his other work. He wrote a graphic novel called Road to Perdition, on which a Tom Hanks movie was based. Boy, that's a dark movie. I like that movie, but it is dark. But I like it. Anyways, random. I just I, I always think it's fun when like novelizations are written by people who are later on turn out to be like pretty you know popular authors or successful authors in their own right. Yeah, I think you've pretty much encapsulated. This is a movie that is dumb but it's fun it is fun i don't think there are a lot of movies made anymore let me rephrase (laughs) i don't think that there are popular movies made anymore popular is defined as i want to see them which is Mm. not the right definition popular where it's like one guy wins for everybody (laughs) like one good guy wins for everybody like that that the diehard genre of film it doesn't i don't feel like there's a lot of these being made now but this one i feel like it's well, cute. it's funny because there's stuff that there's there's stuff that goes in a different direction, right? I think of something like John Wick, right? Which is I've only seen one of them. And it was on a plane. I haven't seen it. Yeah, but like it's the same thing, right? But it's so it's Air a, Force One. But it's a re- <laughs> but it's a revenge flick, right? So it's got a different mm-hmm. angle to it, right? Because it's like mainly just Keanu Reeves killing a bunch of people. It's like I don't need right. Uh, there was one that came out earlier this year too with uh, Bob Odenkirk. Where he plays oh, like yeah, a, I really want to see that one. Yeah, it looked good, but at the same time, it's a one that seemed more about revenge than about like an than being an action movie, right? Like and like, I don't know. It's a different. It's a different cultural moment. I think is part of it. So you see the the you see the movies. I mean, I I know we watched all of these, but I I feel like a movie like the Fast and the Furious movies are kind of aspiring to this. I'm not sure they right. quite hit the same notes, but like, a, yeah. it has that element of still. It's ridiculous right. and stupid, but kind of fun time sometimes. You so. can feel the influence for sure. Sure. I I think that this is, and I hadn't seen this movie. I've seen, Like I said, but as we were watching it, I think I've seen it probably that was my fifth time, but it's been more than a decade since I last saw it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have noticed, I, I, I don't know if it's society or if it's me or what, but like, I'm not great with like, 
tons of death like these I mean, yeah i agree i agree i think it's getting older too is part of it like you just yeah. you maybe it's maybe it's like feeling your own mortality or something right. but it, it does but hit like, you harder there's a lot of people who die and like nobody gets time to grieve <laughs> i think right. that's my real problem right. it's like right. they should be like thank god the president saved what a horrible day this is for america and the world for all those innocent lives lost plus the president like kills people and just moves on and i get it when you're the good guy and you're killing bad guys fine you got to just keep going but like i'd like to see him struggle with it and that's not what this movie is and I sure get it, but... yeah i'm totally with you and like i feel like even with um video games that i play sometimes that have like a like a violent element or whatever right. when mario jumps on a goomba he oh, should man. weep he should apologize <laughs> no i but i i like shooter video games and i played them for many many years but i definitely mm. feel like I, the older I get, the less good I feel about it, <laughs> and and I think the same is true for a lot of action movies with like and, and stuff that's not terribly realistic doesn't bother me as much. But right. uh, for things like action movies, it is definitely harder. Like I, you know, going back and watching stuff from like the '90s or whatever, where you're just like, oh yeah, like people get murdered left or right. <laughs> this movie, it's definitely more uncomfortable. So it is a weird dynamic, but I I, I will chalk it up largely to just getting older. Oh, well, that's how it goes. I'm glad we've made Air Force One a total downer for everybody. Yay! But Dan, it was a pleasure to watch it with you. It was a pleasure to watch it with you, Lex. <laughs> I guess we have to figure out what we're doing next, huh? Yeah. Now, Right now, at this moment, I'm feeling the blues, but we'll figure out what we're going to watch next time. <laughs> that sounds good. We could be good. Well, don't feel too blue, Lex. I, I, we'll be back, and we'll watch another movie together, and it'll be great. And until we come back next time... Yes, Dan. Go on. Keep watching... <laughs> The planes. Air Force One. The planes. <laughs> Why do people listen to this podcast? It's just the ending. Like Air Force it's One, we ending. can't land this plane. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Oh, we're out of here. We're getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. See, not playing promise. You only need one of us. <laughs>